You know, applying for jobs nowadays, it's like a, it's like having a Tinder account. Well, for them, it's like having a Tinder account. For you, it's like you're on probation before you even get a job. But for the employer, reading, you know, when they read your application, your cover letter is basically your bio. You're basically telling people, this is why I should be a part of your life. This is why I should be a part of your team. And they're just over there going through 90, 100 applicants applying for the same job. Swipe a right, swipe a left. And you're just like, pick me, pick me. The only difference is, um, at least with losing out on the job, there's a backup plan for unemployment. You miss out on the love of your life on Tinder, then you missed out on the love of life. Welcome to episode 64 of the Off and Beat podcast. I'm your host, Clint, and like the job I applied for, I'm going to pull the rug from out under you. And hopefully you don't get any carpet burns when you fall on your knees. And no, that was not a sexual joke. Carpet burns on the knees are really painful. Especially if you haven't vacuumed the rug. This is a PSA to vacuum your fucking rug. I know it's not a normal thing. I know it feels like, ironically, a whole new world. But vacuum your fucking rug. It's not It's not too much to ask for. You don't want people walking across your rug and then having like a little strings of vacuum hairs on the bottom of their feet. You don't want that. Bad first impression. Are first impressions really important? To me, not really. I mean, there's different impressions. I mean, you don't want a first impression, you know, where you have a knife in your hand and blood dripping down your arm like Michael Myers. Yeah, that's a pretty extreme first impression. But if your first impression of me is you see me fall off my bike and fall in some dog shit on block two, you know what? Maybe give me a second chance. Maybe like, man, this guy's having a bad day. But I'm going to assume he doesn't fall off his bike and fall in some dog shit every day. I'm going to give this guy the benefit of a doubt. Now, if he does it two days in a row, then you know what? He probably just is dog shit. And if you have a dog, you probably wouldn't want him to come over to your house. Because he tends to find the shit. And you realize, like, man, is this the Truman Show? Is someone literally watching me like a movie? Is this like a movie? Is the poop symbolism for this man shit? I don't know. Men ain't shit. But... Life is this balance beam. And you don't want to get the yips, which is a term that's been used the past couple months. You don't want to get the yips when you're on the balance beam. It's highly dangerous. I'm not a gymnastics expert, but I would assume walking on a very narrow, I believe it's like six inches wide, join the club, and... I'm assuming when you jump in 30 feet up in the air and you gotta land directly in this six inch width, 
you know? It's not the girl, it's not the first time girls have had to make do with six inches. But, when it happens, you make do with it. But, if you miss, mm, snap your ankle, snap your knee, well like Dak Prescott. Love what I'm seeing, by the way, by Dak. But, life is just like this balance beam. You know? It's this one step in front of the other. You know, sometimes you... At first, when you start training for gymnastics and you're walking on the balance beam, probably not very well balanced. You probably have to take it slow. It's probably like learning how to walk again. Like, literally, it's probably like a baby learning how to walk again on a balance beam. And you're slow, slow. You may slip up. You're overthinking. You're not confident in what you're doing. But then you know what? You train for a month. You train for six months. You train for a couple years. The next thing you know, you're doing somersaults. You're jumping 80 feet off a trampoline and landing directly on it. And maybe it's kind of like a microcosm of life. Whatever you're struggling with now, whatever you can barely walk, whatever your knees are shaking when you do, whatever you're not confident in today... Think about two years from now. If you work towards it every day or set a schedule or set a dynamic where you set a commitment to where if you focus on this for the next 24 months, you can become dynamic. And that's where dynamic Becomes, ironically, undynamic. Excuse me. I know that sounds beautiful for the audio. But. As Big Sean would once say. I think I'm ready to jump out the window. I think I'm ready to just when I'm driving on the interstate. At 70 miles per hour. I think I think I'm ready to just take the leap, as they say. Jump out the window. And you know what? Of course it's a dangerous act. No one would ever advise you to jump out of a car that you're driving. Because one, you're putting your life at risk. And probably more importantly, you're putting other people on a very dangerous speedway. A very dangerous interstate. You're putting their lives at danger. Because you are letting a un-Tesla car drive by itself, which means it's going to skewer all over the road, probably hit a, you know, Subaru with a mom and her two kids and her ex-husband, and it's probably going to dent their car. Um, They probably don't have gap insurance. They're probably struggling to get by, and you just cause inconvenience on someone who or just trying to get ahead, just trying to provide, and because you wanted to prove a spiritual point because you were so narcissistic and so into yourself that you decided to go on public roads, public places, mass, highly dense amount of people in an area at a specific time, and you decided to make a personal point. Because you think the world's about you. 
Because you can't think about anyone but yourself, right? I think it's crazy to me how we have become so selfish as people that we think it is cool to only take care of ourselves. We think if we don't take care of ourselves first, who can we take care of? Um, I don't know, your responsibilities. I'm not a big fan of happy wife, happy life, happy husband, you won't get Ray Riced. Not a big fan of that. Because you know what? I believe when you are responsible of taking care of a younger individual, I think common sense would say, it's no one's job to give a fuck what you feel. And that sounds harsh. And I'm all about being loved, being mindful, you know, giving help and stuff like that. What I'm not of is participation award trophies, figuratively. I'm not into people that want credit for doing what they're supposed to do. There's days that we reward people for that. It's crazy how we reward people for birthdays, for days that they literally didn't do nothing. The person, it's crazy because when you think about the idea of what a birthday should be, a birthday should actually be celebrated by the person who gave birth to you. Because people are like, oh, well, you know, the birthday celebration of you being here. It's like, well, something that happened for me to be here. So maybe we should celebrate. The person that, you know, ruined their vagina for me to be alive. Or us. Or anyone. Like, that's the real sacrifice. I mean, I know Jesus, you know, he got a couple cuts on his face and body. Like a lot of them when he was crucified. But, I'm pretty sure all of the mothers in the world could have used a little holy water to deal with the hell that... Or seven pounds, six ounces provided. I think I think for things that are celebrated, I think they should be celebrated, but I think we celebrate the wrong people. People want to be celebrated for literally just deciding like, you know what, today's the day I go head first. Is that boy, you're not supposed to go head first in birth. I don't know. I think it would be easier to come out head first. I wouldn't want, if I, I'm just saying, if I was a lady and I'm imagining I have a vagina, I'm just imagining, I already know it's painful, but I'm going to assume having two feet come out is going to hurt much worse than if someone, than if the baby comes head first. Now I know if there's certain ways that they see the babies coming out, you probably have to get a C-section and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is I just wouldn't want two feet coming out of me. Maybe that's why I'm not a big feet guy. I don't have feet fetishes. Maybe there's a... Now I'm thinking about it. Maybe, just maybe, guys that have extreme feet fetishes... Maybe they're the ones that came out feet first. 
maybe whichever way you come out, it's this cognitive, it's this membrance, it's this, it's this thing that maybe we don't even understand. Like if they did a data, if you were able to ask your mom or ask whoever, hey, which way did I come out? Uh, you came out ass first. Hmm. That's why I love ass. Uh, you came out feet first. Hmm. That's why I love feet. Hmm. You came out ear first. Oh, that's why I love licking earwax. House of Wax Museum. But maybe, just maybe, it's all connected. It's like they literally say, you are, you can predict, like they say, you could predict whether someone will be successful or not successful by like four years old. Because most of the progress happens in the adolescent, early stages type of stuff, which I get. I don't think you could predict if Jeff Bezos is going to create Amazon at three years old. But whatever. I think there's a lot of things that factor into success, not just, huh. Did you read Harold in the Purple Crayon? Were you able to read by two years old? Like, sure, it helps. Speeds up the process. Not guaranteed, though. But besides the point. I do think there's some connection with fetishes. I have no evidence or data to prove this. I don't even know what my fetishes are. Well, I guess I probably know mine, but I wonder if it's connected to how you were birthed. My thing is, I think for birthdays, it should be we celebrate the mother. Because... They're the reason, they're the real reason why you're here for half of the people. Um, they're the real reason why you don't celebrate Father's Day. They're the real reason. They're the one constant. It's a constant reminder of every time they see you. They're like, all the ones that are like, you changed my life so much. My life's never been the same. You brought me purpose. It's like, well, yeah, because, you know, I made no guy want to fuck you on purpose now <laughs> until it's too late. Uh, but look, see, on a serious note, what I'm saying is, I wonder if it really is father like son, mother like daughter. I wonder if you're always going to like the same things that you wouldn't talk to your parents about. So you're not going to sit here and talk to your, like as a daughter, I'm going to assume you're not going to sit there even when you're like 30 years old and married and talk to your mom about, oh, do you love it when, you know, he uh, wears the Hulk mask? It's like, oh my God, your daddy used to love that too. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're not going to go too in-depth with that. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to sit there and talk with my dad about, hmm, you know, the other night. Uh, she wanted the role play and wear this Catwoman outfit. And he's like, ah, I remember back when our youth, when uh, me and your mother used to, you know, see what Batman and Robin you know, we had a little friend join in, like, whoa, 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 hey, hey. It's like, hey, oh, sorry, sorry, Avengers. Um, hopefully you don't marvel at that. Wow, 
I completely butchered the studio productions that does fucking Batman. It's DC. Jesus Christ. And speaking of dick and cock, the point I'm trying to make is... I really think... I, my personal belief is... Sorry. My personal belief is that I truly do feel everything in life connects in a weird way. I think... I think... I think everything connects in terms of you can tell like mo- like momentum obviously is a big deal, right? Like momentum can really alleviate you to the next step in a broader sense. Feels like a Joel Steam podcast. Oh, belief in momentum will make God pull you like a Pinocchio and then as Mondo, he really is Pinocchio. Literally he looks like Pinocchio. But I really think everything connects in a broader and a uh, macro and a micro. Wow. This is what happens when you do a pod at 7.36 a.m. and you haven't slept. Jesus fucking Christ. Everything connects in the sense of... When you... I put it like this. Everything... Connects in the day. When you start your day, you wake up, okay? You get out of bed. But let's say you get out of bed and you don't brush your teeth. Hmm. Maybe you don't have stinky breath when you wake up. But then, three hours later, you're at the gym. You're getting to your routine. And you burp. Hmm. You burp, and you taste literally what you ate last night. You taste some uh, chorizo burritos. Let's just randomly say that. And you feel it, and you feel like all in your chest, and and it completely throws your breathing off. So then when you go run, instead of being comfortable, being in the right mode that you would, you know, prepared for your workout that day type of thing, you are so distracted by this burrito feeling, this burrito taste, and it makes you kind of eh. So instead of being on the treadmill for 45s, you cut it off at 25 because you're just not comfortable. So you go, you know, do some lifting and stuff. But typically, you have to really, you know, you're one of those, you have to really sweat and sweat before you start lifting. It really gets your body going and everything. Since you didn't really get your body going, your limbs are kind of, Eh, your limbs are kind of tight. It's not really shifty. It feels kind of sore. And then a workout, and a good one hour and 20 minute workout is cut off at 50 minutes. And you didn't really get much done. And because you know you didn't reach your full potential in that workout, and you were a lazy sack of shit, you didn't feel like you did what you need to do that day, right? So then, if you had a really good workout, Sometimes when you don't want to work out, you look for you look towards the feeling after you work out. The feeling, you know, the adrenaline rush, the sweatiness, the accomplishment feeling, the dopamine, the the post workout meal, the post workout shake. For some of us, if it's like middle of the day when we work out, I like to, you know, warm myself with a nice ice smoke of coffee. But if I don't feel like I really worked out the urn 
that 200 calorie drink. Maybe I don't. But it's like, okay, I don't eat that many calories. I cut there, but then I go home. Like, I was really looking towards that. And that's a weird thing to look towards, but it's something to look towards. And it throws your whole momentum off. Then you feel like you don't feel as good as if you did do it. And it all because you didn't brush your teeth. Because you know what? Chances are you brush your teeth, you go to the gym, you may even do 50 minutes on the treadmill. Then you know what? You may even do a workout and a half. You may even start to do some pull-ups. You may like start feeling the pump and everything, feeling good about yourself, feeling confident. May go next door to public, slap a girl's ass and say, welcome to Chili's. And she's like, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, I don't even work there, but welcome. And all because you didn't brush your teeth. It all connects. Is that an extremely specific story? Absolutely. But it connects. And as Drake would say, I'm just trying to connect with something, baby. Swanging. And when momentum is swanging. No matter if you are in the same city. No matter if you do have the same friends, you'll still be looking for that momentum to be swanging. So when you hear people talk about momentum, wow, I hate that this is becoming a preaching, the preach cast. Oh, Jesus. All right. You know what? I'm going to stop preaching. You know what? Let's uh, take a sponsor break. Today's sponsor is a bang, and I sure am banging some episodes out. Uh, Ever riled up a fan base? Me either. But if you go to SeatGeek.com, you can be part of that fan base that riles them up. God, I will say this, I hate, I'll tell you what I hate about listening to podcasts. As much as you guys have hated this episode, because I have too. I can feel halfway through if it's a decent episode or not. This one's not it, and that's cool. But you know what? You know how you handle with uh, self-hate? You hate on others, and you feel a little bit less self-hatred. That's how society works. We just hate, hate, hate. But um, I hate how even my favorite... There's some podcasts I literally don't even listen to. Even if I could skip over it, when these podcasts, some of them have become so egregious with the ad reads, and by that I mean literally like 20, 30, like 20 minutes worth of ads in a two and a half hour episode. And I'll tell you what's one of the most overrated things, personally. I think one of the most overrated things for a show is having a intro. I don't mean like the intro, like the music part of the intro. I mean where the podcaster literally does like a 10, 11 minute intro of just them talking about something before they interview someone. If you have an interview podcast, there's no point in having an intro just for you to talk. Unless you're going to like get preface, like preface or introduce someone. And if there's something that needs to be um context and clarify before you air the interview to cover all bases to the audience then okay but for example uh the mark the mark Marin podcast 
I love most of the interviews on there. I don't get the 20 minute introduction him like fine like I don't get mad about it like I just kind of skip I'll just keep skipping a little bit until the interview starts so to me it's not that big of a deal but I've been on this binge of reading podcast reviews of podcasts I either listen to or heavily enjoy and I wonder what's like the temperature the barometer out there and for most of the podcasts I listen to you know pretty popular ones and so they're going to have a lot of ratings and typically high stars and everything. But I always like to read and focus on the terrible ones because we're all negative Nancys out here. We want to see what's wrong. Like, hmm. Even my favorite podcasts, there's things about them that I don't really love. But I accept them for what they are because if that's what makes them enjoy the show, then fine. I'm cool with it. I can skip around and shit. That's the beauty of all this shit. But I was reading some... And I noticed all the ones that one stars. In the back of my head, I'm like, for most of the criticisms, if they were legit criticisms and not, oh, I hated this episode because they talked about COVID and they were wrong about this and all that. I was like, all right. I, like, I'm not going to take those ones serious when they're like, oh, another far left of X podcast. They influenced the young. Like, no, that's not what. But one's like, uh, there's this one, like the Whitney Cummings Good For You. There's actually some, I'll admit, there's some episodes I actually enjoy listening to, who she interviews and stuff like that. But, like, the criticism of constant interrupting. Like, constantly interrupting. Like, when I've listened to the show, I'll be like, hmm, these people think like I do. These people, like, I know, like, because I've thought to myself when I'm in my head, like, oh, my God, shut up about this. Oh, my God, stop interrupting. God, this is so fucking annoying. I'm like, how is a person getting interviewed not, like, getting pissed about this shit? And you read the reviews, like, oh, a bunch of other people see what I see. Because in the moment, I'm like, you know what? Why am I, like, it's like, am I just being, like, am I being a Karen about this shit? Like, I felt like, you know what, maybe I'm, like, being too high-maintenance as a podcast. Like, this isn't a heavily, this isn't, I hate podcasts that are too heavily produced. Like, I like the simplicity, the genuineness, because I focus on the conversation, not all the bells and whistles or the sizzle. And, but I wonder if comment sections, as great as reviews, because you want feedback on your show, I wonder... Genuinely, I do wonder if having if having feedback negatively affects what you think of your show more than it helps. Because the same thing people tune in to begin with. Okay, so you, you start a show, people tune in. And they just tell you, they may tell you, I like this aspect, this aspect, but I don't like this and this. Okay, that's fair. Like, it's nothing personal. It's just, yeah, you know, I, I, I wish, you know, personally, like, I wish you guys would, like, not focus on certain aspects much. And I know it's all about this last episode a little bit, but reading the reviews for podcasts is really interesting to me. Like, I went a deep dive. I had, like, a couple hours, like, a bunch of podcasts I listened to. And for the most part, they're highly regarded. People love them. 
but the criticisms, and I'm like, hmm. I'm like, but if they, like, what is with this weird expectation that we feel we deserve this perfectly orchestrated, heavily edited, heavily produced podcast? Why? Isn't the whole beauty of podcasting to not be like you're watching a CBS talk show? To not feel like you're watching a, you know, Fox uh, freaking action adventure 30-minute comedy? Like, it's not supposed to feel scripted. It's not supposed to feel like everything's perfectly edited and perfectly cut, perfectly lighted, perfectly audio, perfect everything. There should be a baseline of standard you should have as a listener or viewer. But to get mad over the littlest of things that are easily avoidable, where you either just not listen or you can skip over parts that you don't enjoy. It's just, it, you know, I, I guess I'm just kind of getting numb. It's kind of tedious at a certain point. The just hate on a show, just to hate on it. I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like one of the bigger issues, in my opinion, in the world, we find, we listen and watch stuff to find what we don't like more than actually liking or more than actually trying to listen or hear. Like, um, like you could listen to a whole segment, like a whole 10 minute segment of a rant. Of someone does. And then they may say an opinion about vaccination. And then you will dislike a video that you like for nine and a half minutes. And because at the end they make a joke about, uh, you know, people who are right winged, you know, protecting mandates for vaccines like they would their child from a rapist type of thing. Like... They make a joke about that, and all of a sudden you'll dislike it, and you'll make a, oh, I see someone's all woke and all political. This is why sports and all this shit, right? It seems like we try to find everything we don't like in something. How I don't understand how you could watch something for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, and then you do a one-sentence comment that talks about one minute detail that had nothing to do that was the least important thing to happen, but because it was something you either disagree with or something that was not fully 100% accurate or something that was missing a little research, and then you're like, gosh, guys, get it together. Do your research before you talk about something. It's like, but the ironic part of people telling people who aren't doctors to not talk about things, it's also ironic that this is the same video you're watching, the subject matter that they're talking about, you're not experts in, but you give quote-unquote opinions about those same things that you aren't experts in. Imagine living in a world where you can't have an opinion unless you're a professional in something. Maybe don't give advice. Don't claim you're a professional. But you can have an opinion and give one about something. 
you can have an opinion about vaccine mandates and not be a professional in medical. You can, and that's okay. This whole thing of, dude, you guys need to do your 10,000 hours of research. It's like, no. Sometimes I like you can see things for what they are. And you can have an opinion about it. Otherwise, no one in the world should have an opinion about anything except what they do for a living. If we're going by that. Because by your definition, if you are a professional in sports, which means if you're not an athlete, if you're not a coach at the professional level, you shouldn't talk about sports. But yet, what do we all do? We all talk about sports. We have no problem saying when a player sucks, even though if we don't know if they're at fault for why that play sucked. We don't know if they're at fault for why that interception happened. We don't really know if they were at fault for not making the block or was the guard supposed to pull. Like We don't really know that. But you have no problem just saying, fire this coach, fire this. Oh, this guy sucks after watching one half of football. And not realizing, oh, his receivers can't really get open. Oh, he has no time to throw the ball. Oh, his coach is drawing up some shitty plays. Like. But yet, people are really comfortable giving opinions about that. And the argument against that, the counter, would be, well, talking about sports isn't as dire or circumstantial or as possibly... Um, consequential as a vaccine. It's like, okay. And I'll say this. Why do we pretend to give a fuck about it? I'd, I'd never talked about the vaccine. And I typically don't. Because I think, honestly, a lot of the rhetoric behind the people that talk about... I'm more... I'm more just frustrated and annoyed with people who talk about it like they're the expert and tell other people they're not experts, so they shouldn't talk about it, but they're talking about how they don't, they shouldn't talk about it, but they should talk about it. I know that's a lot of confusion, but unfortunately, as much confusion it's kind of the whole point of why it makes sense. It's the annoyance of hearing people talk about it. And feeling like they're in an empowered position to talk about something. But no one else is. Even though by their definition, they shouldn't talk about it either. I think the vaccine is really has become this thing. Where people attach themselves to something to care or not care about to the extent and level that they do. But they really don't care. They care about what it has become, the weight it carries in terms of the sensitivity and the volatile and the uh, genuine effect that just talking about it. The attention they get from it. I think the reality is like 90. Alright I'll, I'll say 80% of people. 
80% of people, deep down inside, don't think about don't think about it waking up every day. Even if you are or you're not vaccinated. People don't leave their house every day wondering what's everyone else doing. Because typically most people, especially with jobs and responsibilities, have a shitload of other stuff on their mind to really be thinking about it. I think the people that truly care about the way they do, on either side, this goes for all you motherfuckers. I don't care if you're for or against it. The people that are so, like, dire straits about it, I really believe that the reason why they're so in dire straits about it is because they don't really believe in what they're saying. And when you don't really believe in what you know or what you're saying, you speak louder. You talk more. People tend to, you know, people use the word mansplaining when dude feels like they got to explain quote unquote things that are typically men things to a woman, even if the woman does not have to do it, or they just over talk about things to, you know, make people feel like they know shit. And I feel like a lot of people have used this situation to create that for themselves. I don't, my thing is, I just don't think people care about it as much as they say they do. I really don't. I think it's something for people to get mad about. Because there's not enough for them to get mad about <clears throat> in life in general. Or they are so mad at life that this is a way for them to build a community. And it is this die on a hill type of community. The vaccine has really become religion. The bad parts of religion. Religion, by the way, religion isn't bad. Just the extreme versions of religion that make you don't think for yourself. That's when I believe religion becomes terrible. When it basically becomes a cult. Where no matter what, this is the way, this is it. And if you don't do this, you're the one that's wrong. And that's really what this has become. Ironically, people always bitch under comment sections on YouTube when it's first take, undisputed, uh, first things first. Anytime these sports shows talk about the vaccine and they say, why are we talking about vaccine in sports, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, because it's a prevalent thing and it literally affects sports in the sense of if players don't get it they don't they can't play half their games at home if it affects them um you can't just ignore the fact that that could completely change the outlook on the season who wins who loses blah 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 the records who makes to the playoffs better seating you know you can't sit here and eat your ass and shit out of it while you're eating your own ass because you know that's just a big old Circle. Talk about a roundabout. People get mad. They're tired of vaccines and stuff being talked about in sports. But yet, they constantly 
go under the comment sections. The same people over and over. And they click on the videos where they know they're going to talk about it. And they click on it just to comment. Just to bitch about something that is still very prevalent. I'm not talking about whether a player should be forced to get one or not. But the idea of talking about it is very prevalent. Because it literally affects sports. And I did see a comment that was actually very, very... And I actually didn't think about it like this. They're the same people. The same people that are so about, oh, I'm tired of talking about it. It's like, well, these are the same people that would bitch about if Kyrie doesn't play, let's just use Kyrie. If Kyrie doesn't play 41 games, which would be if he don't play all of his home games, hypothetically, they would say they would when their nets don't make it to the NBA Finals, guess who they're going to blame? Kyrie. Oh, whoa, our Kyrie didn't want to play and it's all wrong and Kyrie should just got the shot because now he we couldn't win the championship. I was like, oh, but you were sitting there defending him at first. You were sitting defending this, but then you'd be the same fan that would shit on him if he actually followed through on what he believed in and not getting him all that. And then you would shit on him. When they lose. Or they don't win. Or they don't perform up to standard. And he ruined opportunity. Then all of a sudden you're going to start using words like. Oh Kyrie is selfish. When before he was. Thinking for himself. And he was a man of his own word and decision. And now that he decided to. You know make his own decision. To get the vaccine. Or he wouldn't play. Then all of a sudden you would call him a coward. But then if he sticks by that decision. And does exactly what you praise and begin with. Then in season you would say. Oh fuck Kyrie. He didn't do this. It's like okay. So what is it? What What's the real message behind all this? I guess I'm just tired of the talk. That's why I never talk about on the show. It's the last thing. I think it's the most uninteresting. It is the most regurgitated. It is the most nonsensical topic to really discuss in general but it is very important I acknowledge that but in terms of people don't like it when sportscasters talk about it but they feel like they should continually talk about it when the reason why these sportscasters are talking about it is because it's literally affecting sports. Whether you like it or not, it's literally affecting sports. It's affecting who's going to play, who's going to not play. Whether you believe whether they're vaccinated, the mandates in certain states and cities should matter, whether that should affect where someone plays, is irrelevant what you think. The NBA freaking spoke, uh, the NBA spokesperson literally came out uh, technically yesterday and literally said, If you don't get the vaccine in mandated cities, you not only will you not play, you won't get paid for those games either. It's not like if you're injured and you get paid for when you're injured. It's like, no, if you don't, if you're not able to play because you're not vaccinated, you're not getting paid. Whether you like it or not, that's what it is. If the player is okay with that, then that's fine. But you as a fan, 
don't sit here and bitch about it. Like, you, like that's not, like, that's why this shit's frustrating to talk about. I'm more mad, you know, I, I'm more mad at just, like, the people that talk about it. The fans. The fans are sitting here talking out both of their asses. Defending this, but not this. But this correlates with this, but we're not going to talk. Like, especially, man, this fucking, like, right, this fucking right, right wing fucking bullshit with this vaccines. Like, the fucking right wing ass wipes would defend their, the right wing have this idea that it is defend nonsense at all times. And ironically, the left wing does the same. But the thing is, they do it for the wrong reasons, but for different reasons. All you have to do is just look under a comment section for anything political, anything vaccines, anything sports when it involves anything political or vaccine. All you have to do is read the comment section. And you can tell a lot about an individual. Not because of what they're believing in, but... The words they use to tear someone else's point of view to strengthen theirs. Right wing will always use, oh, oh, quotes, woke. We got woke activism, woke this, oh, oh. And the other people are always like, oh, you racist this. And it's like, they're making assumptions that have nothing to do with the point. Then the point just becomes this back and forth shit pissing contest. And it's honestly like it's the most, it's the thing I hate the most about media. It's the thing I hate the most about anything to watch, listen to. It's just regurgitated bullshit and getting mad when someone ironically doesn't have the same opinion as you. But yet that's the point that you always stress that. Oh, well, just respect my opinion. It's like, that's not how this works. No one has to respect shit from you. And it's just, it's just annoying at this point. Thing is, I don't think most people, again, I don't think most people care about it as much as they preach and talk about they do. And people think if you don't talk about it, you don't comment on it and don't post stories and don't cover the subject... Like, you are almost worse. It's like, no. Because you know what? There's plenty enough people who are idiots, who are geniuses, who talk about it enough. The last thing you need is another podcaster talking about fucking vaccines. And I'll tell you what. It's not because I'm a doctor or not a doctor why I don't talk about it. Because I don't care... If I'm a professional or anything. Because you know what? It would be a really quiet world if people only talked about what they were professionals at. It would be very narrow-minded. It would cause people to never think creatively. Literally, Albert Einstein literally said, The second people stop thinking is the second this world stops expanding. And yet... Ironically, people want to always just pigeonhole people and only talk about stuff that they 
think you are adequate enough talking about. You know what? Sometimes you got to let people spew out nonsense. And it will speak for themselves. And if it was truly nonsense and truly bullshit, then people will pick that up and not listen to them in the future. And they will lose credibility. But to sit here and try to silence people because they're not professionals. Well, we're going by that. Technically, you're not a professional in psychology. So who are you to break down my behavior? You're not a professional in in uh, human interaction and debating. You're not a professional politician. You've never been up on a stand. You've never had a debate in front of 10,000 people. You've never debated another individual for 45 minutes under high stress. So who are you to talk about who knows what they're talking about? And I'm gonna and I'm picking the simplest of things. I'm not talking about things where you need a master's degree. What makes you qualified? What makes you qualified to tell someone how to drive an 18 wheeler when you don't have a CDL license? You, you see where this you see where this avenue can get really annoying? Who says you should be telling someone else how to cook at their restaurant when you're not a chef? Oh, well, it's positive feedback and customer feedback. Like, ah, yeah, shove that shit up your ass. Oh, customer's always right. You're right. You can leave, you get a refund, and suck your own dick. You see how annoying it can be? When someone just tells you to only talk about what you're professional at, then you know what? No one would ever talk about anything. And you know what? None of us should talk about music. Absolutely 99% of us should never talk about music. We should never talk about uh, someone sucking when they're playing guitar. We should never talk about when someone's voice isn't that good. <clears throat> Unless you are better than... Technically, we're saying... If you're not better than them, you shouldn't talk about them. Which I agree in some aspects. You shouldn't get personal or go too far and try to get like you are smarter than and you could but you can use common sense and basic analogy like, yeah, <clears throat> he didn't play well last night. But I'm not gonna say you'll be like, oh well, it's because of the positioning of his hands on his guitar, he was off tune. You tell he was a his voice just wasn't... You tell he didn't voice uh, vocal train. You could tell he didn't hydrate that day. Like, I'm not going to sit here, but I don't know why it didn't sound great. But we got to be careful of just saying, if you're not a professional, shut up about it. If you're not a professional, don't operate surgery. If you're not a professional, don't don't promise don't promise anything if you're not a professional. But you could talk about shit. It's called talk radio. It's radio hosts that talk about nonsense all day. They get paid a lot for it. 
They're not professionals in it. It's like, oh, but they're professional in communication. Okay, but they're not professional in the stuff they're criticizing or talking about more times than not. So, you know what, man? And then you call, you're also narrowing people's ability to expand of what they enjoy. If you're just basically trying to pigeonhole people and what they like, what they should talk about. <clears throat> it's a slippery slope, man. It's a slippery slope. And it's funny. And ironically, people always say... Re- research, research on... This is the last one to talk about this shit, too. People always talk about research, research on vaccine, right? No one ever did an ounce of research of any fucking vaccine they've ever gotten in their life. You have gotten the measles. You've gotten the flu vaccine. you gotten syphilis, SC. Like, I've probably gotten six or seven different vaccines in my life. Never cared. Never looked into it. My mom's just like, you're getting them. I'm not taking it to the doctor four times a year because you want to fucking, you know, not drink hot tea as much as you should. Like, it is, it's crazy how no one decided to look into the vaccines then and what's in their vaccine. But all of a sudden, this vaccine's a little, hmm. It's like, nah, this is the one I'm going to become. You know, a doctor about. And the funny part is. You. Here's the reality of how this stuff goes. To go to public school. And to go to university. Go to college. You have to get vaccinated. I remember both times I re-entered into college. The thing that was holding back the application process, and it was a pain in the ass. I had to go get another fucking shot, even though I got one two months before. Because apparently they lost my file in the system, and I couldn't start class next week until I basically got a new form to prove I've been recently vaccinated. So I had to go back to the doctor, get shot up again. And that was a pain in the fucking ass. So trust me. I know it is mandatory for you to have to be vaccinated to go to any public school, go to any public university. Maybe private university is different, but public universities and public schools, uh, they won't even let you enroll. And you know they're serious when they won't even accept your payment. Because I was saying they're like, hey, we we won't even accept your payment until you're vaccinated. Like, oh, Jesus, you won't even take my money. Jesus. But it's just it's just funny to me how all of a sudden this is the one people want to be so passionate about. All of a sudden, people want to do their due diligence when you don't even know what's in Tylenol. And you've taken three Tylenol headache medicine pills in the past three months. You have probably never looked into the ingredients of what's in Tylenol, leave over-the-counter shit, even the medicine you get for whatever your ailments are, whatever your illnesses, stuff you're dealing with on a regular basis. Because you know why? 
Because chances are, if we have a doctor and they give us shit, we typically are like, hey, as long as health insurance is covering it, that's all you care about. You should. Uh, Will health insurance cover this? That's what 99% of people, all they care about. Give me what I got to do to make my life as easy as possible. But people just want to sometimes make it hard for no damn reason. I'm like, again, get the vaccine. Don't get the vaccine. I really like, again, I don't care. I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to sit here and wonder what you're doing or not doing. I really do not fucking care. And the reality is 90 or 80%, I just 80% of people do not care like that. Deep down inside. But unfortunately, more than like would more like to admit, can't say that. They have to pretend to be passionate one way or the other way about it. I just like to me the part I struggle with is I can't see. I can't see or understand someone who gets out of bed and first one of the first instincts they do in the day is go online and retweet an anti-vax article or go online and read a story about something. Read a story about a woman on a ventilator who's telling who uh, didn't get the vaccine but says she wish she did now and you know, is telling people to get in and you're like, oh, but what about the statistics of this? And then even on the other side, it's annoying when it's like he, someone's just like, yeah, you know, I don't know, may or may not get it, may not. It's like, okay, if someone said they're not going to get it, what are you arguing with them about? Like, you really think, like, the ego of you to think that you're going to be the one to make someone change their mind. Like, you are going to be the one to be like, oh, man, I know he's like the 340th person this week to say I should get it. But something about him when he said, get the vaccine, was like, man, you know what? You're the one that got to me, Death Star 34. You're the one that got to me. Never thought of that. It's just, it's just idiotic to talk about it to argue about it most people talk about it on public platforms big platforms smaller platforms just because they know it will give views they're not passionate about the fucking vaccine they're not passionate about any of this hell shit they do it because it's automatic clicks these days I'll tell you how much I don't care about clicks. I'm not going to put the vaccine or COVID in the title. That's I'm not going to put in the hashtag. I'm not even going to put it in the description. I'll put, I talk about, I'll probably put in the description talking about what literally everyone else is talking about. And I hate it. That's how much I'm not going to put it in the description. 
But when comes the point? Oh yeah, go, going back to when... Like, why are you going to argue with someone who just said, like, look, I'm not going to get it. The worst thing, when someone says they're not going to do something. If you try to convince them to do something, and you're a stranger. You're not their father. You're not their mother. And you're some stranger, even a friend. The more you try to get them to do something. Guess what? The more that not only are they not going to do it, they may even feel they have to be extra defensive. And they might actually go there with you. And then you're going to start an unnecessary bullshit that is basically social media on this. Because when you do a, whether you are pro or anti, if you notice the like and dislike ratios for any video that touches the subject... It is either heavy dislike and very low likes, or it is half and half. There is no in-between. Well, by in-between, I mean there is no one million like. There's no, you know, 5,000 likes and 20 dislikes, where it's like a heavy, where... It's objective and because even when something is objective on that subject, you got people on from both sides. They're just sitting there pointing out the one flaw. It's like, yeah, but then you don't don't tell me you care about my mother. It's like, what? And it's like, oh, well, look at these woke Trump. Look at these woke wannabe hate Trumps. Like, all right. Like, it just... But if you want clicks, make a video about it. And I know I've talked about it for 30 minutes, and it's going to be the last time I ever talk about it. And I am tired. So I did not, you know, I should probably not talk about that subject when you're not, unless you're really fully focused. But I don't, I didn't even care to be focused to talk about it. That's how much I don't fucking care about it. I'm not even focused to talk about it. And guess what? I'm fine with that. <sighs> Moral of the story is, man, shut the fuck up about it. it. This shit's really not fucking hard. And I'm, you know, shut the fuck up. It's not because you're not a doctor. It's not because, you know, you are a doctor. If you are one, great. If you're not, great. I don't care. But hearing people yell and debate. And feel so strong about something. But if they spent 10% of the time. That they have this strong opinion. Or this strong stance on it. And the worst part. You could have a stance on something. You don't feel. You don't have to feel like you have to. Defend it to everyone. Just stand by it. If it comes up you say yeah. But to go out of your way. To let people know you stand when no one asks. It's like. It seems like you literally just sit there on the YouTube search bar and you say woke vaccine talk. It's like and then you just go down all those videos and you just click on and put some comment to disparage other certain and then all you do is cause more attention to it. <clears throat> all right.
like and subscribe. Uh, follow the IG. This was probably one of the worst episodes. This is at least the third worst episode I've ever done. Uh, oh, yeah. And don't forget to suck some titties. And I realize my voice is gone. And so is this pie. All day in the sun. Vitamin D. A whole new world.